Broadcasting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B, it is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott Romine here. Hope you're having a fantastic Saturday. You know, if you know me or follow me at all on Facebook, I love guns and 1911s and all this sort of stuff. And you may not know that a lot of the guns carried by Special Forces, Navy SEALs, Delta Force, that kind of thing, are made by Arkansans here in Arkansas. Uh, we're talking with Bill Wilson of Wilson Combat up in Berryville. How are you, Mr. Wilson? I'm doing fine. How about you? Oh, I'm good. Uh, iced in here, but uh, we're all good. You know, it's, Arkansas is seeing a little bit of winter for once. Yeah, we're even seeing a little bit of it down here in northeast Texas. Really? Really? Uh, can you tell us, did you grow up in Arkansas? Yes, I was uh, born in Eureka Springs and, and spent most of my life in Berryville. Where did you like, or do you still hunt in Arkansas? Where were some of your big places you'd go hunt at? Uh, don't hunt much in Arkansas now. I've been, I've, been a, I've been a Texas resident now for about nine years, and so most of my hunting is either in, in Texas or somewhere I travel to from, you know, from here. Now, I've, I've watched a lot of your YouTube stuff and, and that sort of thing, read up on you. Wilson Combat, are you working on these guns? You start out as like a jeweler, right? Yeah, my, my mother and father ran uh, a jewelry store for 53 years right there on the, you know, mostly on the public square there in Berryville. And that's such a cool for people that have not been to Berryville, it's almost if you if you think about it, that little town square kind of looks like Hazard County. It kind of looks like the town in Dukes of Hazard. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a little bit. So, how do you go from working on watches and rings and stuff to to working on guns? Well, my my main interest has always been in guns. I mean, I can't remember back far enough back in my childhood when I wasn't obsessed with, with firearms. Um, and then growing up in the jewelry business, you know, obviously my, my folks wanted me to carry on the jewelry store, you know? And, uh, so basically how I got kind of in the gun business was, uh, dad wanted me to go to watchmaking school. And so I kind of, brokered a, a deal with him that okay i'll go to watchmaking school if you'll let me take one of your adjacent uh business buildings that's that's vacant at the time and set up a little gun shop in there and i'll hire somebody to run it during the week and i'll come home from school on the weekends and and uh you know kind of keep things rolling on the on the retail gun store and he he fell for that deal. And, <laughs> it's kind of a trick, you know. Yeah, and so you know, long story short, you know, I finally got out of watching jewelry making school, and and you know, did a did a little bit of it, but I mean, I you know, I mean, it was just like I just wells have been working on washing machines or something. I had you know zero interest in in doing that, and so. Uh, you know, kind of, I got involved in competition shooting and, you know, as, as anybody that, that competes where, uh, equipment's involved, you always think if you had better equipment, you would do better. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. When in reality, if you trained harder, you would do better. But anyway, um, I had a, a few big name gunsmiths build me competition guns and I, I just really wasn't overly happy with them. And so, 
I ended up taking the skills I'd learned and watching jury making school and, you know, built a, built a competition gun, went out and won a few, few matches with it. And next thing you know, I had a buddy say, Hey, build me one. And another buddy said, Hey, build me one. And before I turned around, I was kind of full-time in the gun business. I would think that, you know, your jewelry skills working on something so tiny, like a watch probably translated easily to the parts inside, say a 1911. Yeah, actually, the skills that helped the most were were the ones I learned making clock parts, and um, and and jewelry. You know, more so than the than the watch. You know, how how did you get from okay, I'm going to take this Colt or whatever somebody's given you, work on this to making your whole thing from scratch? Uh, it's just a lot of hard work over a lot of years. You know, I mean, as you alluded to there, we we started out just customizing customer supplied Colt handguns, and uh, now we, you know, we're a fairly large manufacturer. You know, we got I think we're right at 220 employees now, and and uh, we're just we're just completing our our fourth machine shop right now. You know, an expansion that we're undertaking at the moment. Are most of your products a special order thing? I mean, I've never walked in a gun store and they've got like a slew of your stuff, you know. I, I would think it's a custom order. Just people buy it on the website or something to that effect? Um, most of the product is, is, is sold through uh, firearms distributors, thus going on to, to retail gun shops. And most of the gun shops that stock our product are are the larger, you know, you know, the ones that'll stock several thousand guns and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Most, most little mom and pop gun shops don't have the clientele, um, you know, to buy our type of product. That, that makes, that makes sense. So you start building your own 1911s. At what point did you think, or did you feel like, man, I've really made it because so-and-so has got my gun or, or somebody has won a competition with my gun. What what was that thing that just clicked with you? Thought, man, this is right where I was trying to get to. Uh, I don't know if there was any one definitive time. I mean, you know, we've been we've been fortunate enough to build guns for you know some pretty well known people. You know, like you know, for example, Frank Beard from ZZ Top, and and. Uh, you know, uh, Tom Selleck. Yeah. He's been, he's been a good customer. Magnum know. has one of your guns. That's yeah, more, more than one. <laughs> oh, really? That's, that's great. How, have you had any guns appear in movies that we would know? We had one, there was one series that had our guns in it and I don't, it's been years ago and I don't even remember what the name of it was, but it was, you know, it was an action series of some sort. Um, uh, so now we've not really been too heavily into all that. That's there's a lot of politics involved and a lot of a lot of dollars changing hands to get your gun used in a in a major movie or TV series. Yeah, just like a a Coke bottle appearing or, or whatever. You know, I mean, it's all advertising, I guess, when it comes down to it. Yeah, and it doesn't come for free. So yeah, well, that's that's true. That makes that makes sense. You know, I've always thought that a Harley and a 1911 is the only thing you can go buy brand new that looks kind of like it did. 50 years ago why why do you think the 1911 has had such huge staying power um i mean almost all of john brownie's designs have had staying power you know i mean you know when you get a when you get a basic design that just works and it's extremely durable 
um, and, and it does the job year after year. I mean, they, they, te- they have a tendency to, to develop a, a real loyal following. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like today, I mean, I, I wouldn't even venture to guess how many different companies make 1911 pattern guns now. But, I mean, there's probably more of them produced worldwide now than, than, than ever. Yeah, and it's well over a hundred year old design. I mean, think of anything else designed a hundred years ago going that strong in yeah. in today's world. I mean, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. Of course, right now we're we're even busier building rifles now. I mean, we you know that's a bigger part of our business than the handguns now. Hey, Scott Roman here. We're talking with Bill Wilson, Wilson Combat, Berryville, and make all kinds of really cool. Uh, 1911s and now rifles uh, before we talk about rifles i wanted to ask you about something is it seems to me that guns and gun sales and all of that is bigger right now than it has ever been but yet it is impossible to find a local gunsmith it's like everybody has a car but there would be like no mechanics why why is that just not something you that is easy to find these days well, because unless they're a specialty gunsmith, you know, building, like, for example, uh, custom high-end rifles, you know, sniper-type rifles or competition firms of some sort, there's there's no money in it. I mean, Joe Sixpack won't, won't pay any money to take his 30-30 in and have, you know, have it repaired. And so nobody goes into that because they can't make a living. You know, it's just one of those things. I mean, even here in Little Rock, if and I'm a gun collector and all that, but if somebody asks me, you know, somebody that can work on this rifle, there is no one. I mean, literally, there's. I don't know of anybody in Central Arkansas that does that. It, it, it's. You're right. I mean, it's strange that there's so many out there, but, but there's no well, business like, to repair take them. This, take this for example. I mean, you take your car in to the local dealership. You know, to have some repairs done that's out of warranty. Sure, they're they're gonna they're gonna hit you somewhere around one hundred twenty five dollars an hour labor charge. Mm-hmm. Nobody will pay, you know, Acme Gunsmith one hundred twenty five dollars an hour to work work on their two hundred dollar rifle. Yeah, you've got you definitely have a point. That that makes a lot of sense. Hey, could you tell me about? I've always heard that making an automatic gun out of stainless steel. It was or is a challenge in itself. What what is it about the material that makes something hard to build out of it? The so, only thing I can can say would quantify, you know, it being harder is in the old days, people didn't realize you couldn't put the two types of stainless steel together and not have a galling issue. You know, I mean, you know, if you put two pieces of stainless together that are made out of the same same grade of stainless into the same same heat treat range they want to stick to each other ah but if you use two slightly dissimilar versions of stainless and 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 a a difference in hardness you don't really have that issue so is that kind of why they didn't have a stainless 1911 until what the the early 80s i'm thinking yeah that that and i mean just you know improvements in material Mm mm-hmm you know, but uh, the, I know we don't have any issues with our stainless guns. You know, 
uh, using the using the material and heat tree specs that's we, that we use now. I mean, they're no different than than building one out of carbon steels. I guess the technology is just just there now. Did you find it a challenge working on these other guns that have gotten popular? Like, you know, when I look at a Glock, I think, well, that so much of it is you know plastic or whatever. What what could you do to it? But you guys have found a way. Was there any challenges getting into that world? Uh, some. I mean, it's just like anything new. You know, there's a there's a certain amount of learning curve. But I mean, all all the the polymer striker fired guns are basically uh, much simpler than than custom tuning a, a 1911 or a Browning half hour or something like that. What about the Beretta? You guys have tweaked on. You know, I guess that's one of the most popular handguns of all time. Uh, was that a, a, an idea that you had was to take one of those and make it better? Uh, actually, that's almost a, s- a story in itself. Um, <laughs> Let's hear I got, it. <laughs> I, got, I got the Flecton Breda 92 series guns. And then when I started that project, uh, I thought, well, you know, how many can there be? You know, maybe a hundred different variations or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, a lot. And so now I'm to the point that I've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 different variations of a 92 series Beretta. And I don't even have all of them yet. And so at some point during this collecting fetish, you know, the light bulb come on and says, well, I need to figure out a way to like pay for this. And so that's when we got into doing Beretta work and, you know, ended up having a good relationship with the Beretta, Beretta people. And it turned into some, some real cool projects and, and, a, and a good working relationship and and uh it all worked out in the end financially and the one that you've built or you've built several with Beretta I guess that is in a partnership with I guess Beretta USA I mean it's a license type deal uh we do more than one type of type of deal with Beretta I mean they they build some guns to our specifications and then you know ship them into us, and, and we uh, we distribute them. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we do extra work on them if the customer wants you know even a better trigger job, for example, things like that, different sites or whatever. Uh, but then we also they there are some models there that they that we did some some design work on that they sell as a Beretta product and and send us a royalty. I've always wondered if somebody could make one in forty five. I don't know. Maybe somebody's tried it. I don't know. I've always thought that'd be kind of neat. Yeah. Any more the, you know, everything's the whole world revolves around nine millimeter now. So yeah, I don't think you're going to see very many people go that go from nine millimeter to making a 45 version of it. Yeah. Maybe not I, your personal collection. What kind of things are you interested that you've went around and found and, and just collected for yourself? Uh, I've always been a, a big fan of, of the older uh, double action cult revolvers, you know, the real high grade stuff, you know, shooting masters and that sort of thing. And then you know, I've always had kind of a soft spot for the cult Python. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And those are like extremely valuable these days. Oh, yeah. You know, the original ones are, they just keep going up and up in price. You know, of course, uh, the, you know, that, what is it? Something dead TV show. Oh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, Rick, the sheriff, yeah. carries a, a Colt revolver. You know, that, that was a heck of an influence on it, kind of like back in the old days when 
when Dirty Harry did the Model 29, and you know, and then you couldn't find a Model 29. Oh yeah, I had to have one because Dirty Harry has one. Tell me about the rifles you're doing. You're, you're doing like AR tens and AR fifteens and all kinds of neat stuff. Yeah, I mean, prior to this, you know, buying frenzy that we're in now, I mean, I think we were up to, I think we were chambering twenty two different calibers in in the various AR platforms. Um, of course, now we've had to put some of those kind of on the back burner and and you know kind of suspend production on some of them to try to keep up with the the fastest sellers now because i mean we're just we're so swamped with orders that you know it doesn't make sense to to spend time making something that you have to sell when you could be making more of something that's already sold yeah i mean i'm sure the demand is just out the roof it's probably very hard to keep up even if what what 220 employees Oh yeah, when and you know we we deal with a lot of manufacturing partners outsourcing product too. I mean, and, and nobody can keep up right now. Have you experimented with your own calibers? Yeah, we've uh, on the rifle on the rifle side. We have nothing on the handgun side, but uh, yeah, we're you know currently one of our you know major projects is a three hundred hammer that that uh, thirty caliber cartridge that fires out of an AR fifteen platform. And, uh, of course that would be you manufacturing us or selling the ammunition and all that goes with that, I guess, if you come out with your own caliber rifle. Yeah, we do the, you know, make the barrels in house and, and, uh, load, a, I don't know, I think we've got around 15 different loads, ammunition loads that we, that we load for it. Well, thank you so much, uh, Bill, for talking with us. If somebody wants to order one of your, your handguns or your rifles, what do they need to do? Uh, they can do two different things. They can go to their local gun gun shop and request the product, which the dealer can buy direct from us, or they can buy from any of the major distributors, uh, or they can come direct to us and, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll sell them a gun and, and, uh, help them locate a dealer to do the transfer in their state. And it's wilsoncombat.com, correct? That's correct. Hey, thanks so much for talking, talking with us. Just an honor to talk to you. Big fan. Uh, Scott Romine for Guadney Unplugged. We'll be right back.